It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman Phone Line, it's former Ole Miss linebacker Joel Kite. Kite, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm good, brother. Thanks for coming on and doing this. Um, let me make sure I've got this right. You're back home, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach at Martin Luther King Jr. High School in Lithonia, Georgia. Was coaching always the plan once you finished your playing career? 
I'm not always gonna, I'm not gonna say it was always the plan. Um, but I knew I wanted to help young men. Um, so you know, I I saw coaching as a great avenue to to help those kids in my in my community. What's it like to be back home, man? That's got to be a trip for you. Man, it it really is, man. Um, initially, you know, I'm not sure if the other guy felt the way. Initially, I was a little embarrassed to go back home. Like, man, I've been to all these different places with Ole Miss, and you know, now I'm back home. But you know, they they welcome me with open arms, man, and so. You know, I, I love being here now. So, um, you know, I just want to continue to, to grow and, and, and grow up here. All right, you're the D.C. So what's the defensive philosophy under Joel Kite? We are attacking. I, I send the, I send the pressure. There you um, go. I play man. I got some big corners. Um, and I let them play, and I'm, I'm sending the heat, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm sending the heat. So my philosophy is uh, – you know, I feel like I'm smarter than a 15- or a 16-year-old quarterback, so <laughs> he's going to have to think on his feet because I'm, I'm sending the heat. <laughs> oh, man, I love that so much, man. What's the difference for you as far as when you're transitioning? You're used to a certain type of football when you're playing college football and being coached a certain way. Of course, you want to take some things that you learned in all your years of football, but is there a transition that you have to make when you're coaching – 14, 15, 16-year-old kids? I think the biggest thing is you have to understand that they're not you. Um, you know, it'd it be plays I'd be thinking they should make. Um, a certain time of terminology I, I use sometimes, and I have to go back and say, you know what, I don't think he, they understand what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, I think understanding that they're not me, they're their own player, and, you know, I, I got to coach them to my best ability, but I got to really coach them to understand not only how to do something, but why we're doing it the way we're doing it. Um, and, you know, they're high school kids, so they'll still mess it up. And, um, you know, I, I got to get them to understand, you know, you may make a mistake, but try not to make the same mistake over and over. You were a journalism major at Ole Miss, four-time SEC academic honor roll member, 2013 Hampshire Honor Society member for academic excellence in high school, You've got to teach too, Kite. Tell me you're teaching journalism. Yeah, I'm teaching audio video. Audio video, uh, take your film. Come so, on, man. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little different from broadcast journalism, but, you know, I still get to work with the cameras and we still get to film movies and videos and do film festivals and, and uh, things like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit farther than, than what I did at Ole Miss, but, you know, I'm enjoying it and, um, you know, I, I still get to use the camera, so, you know, I, I like that. What did you learn in your college career that you would say now makes you a good high school coach? Man, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, to, to my standards, I, I feel like I failed. Um, and because of that, you know, I had to figure out how to how to grow from failure. Um, you know, I ain't fell a lot, especially in sports, I ain't fell a lot growing up, so you know, what helps me is it's okay for these kids to make a mistake. Let's not make the same mistake twice. Or you may fail. We may have a great game plan, and we still might go out there and, and, and lose the game. But how you pick yourself back up uh, for that next week, you know, how you going to respond to adversity, you know, I think those are the biggest things I had to learn from playing, you know. So I didn't, I didn't make it to the league. So how am I going to respond as a man after I got the rest of my life? 
And, you know, I want my kids to be always be able to respond positively to adversity. Hold on. I don't want to diminish your experience at all, but failure. Come on, Kite. You appeared in all 50 games of your almost career. 158 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. I know you pursued the NFL, but not making it there. Is that for you what constitutes failure? Yeah, because that was the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal right. was to get in the league. So yeah. when it didn't, you know, when it didn't happen, naturally, you know, in my mind, that was a failure. But looking back at it now, man, I had some great experiences, and I don't look at it as failure now. But, you know, as a young 21, 22-year-old kid, you know, that was, you know, it was, it was tough initially. No, that's something that I've actually had a number of conversations with with other former players. Like Kentrell, for example, has talked about that, how when he went to camp with the Redskins, yeah, you're realizing the dream, but not really because immediately a couple of weeks later he's cut. C.J. Johnson's had the same kind of experience, and those were both guys that before they got hurt were expected to be maybe top three-round draft picks. So to go down like that, they felt that way too. For you, was it – did you get to go to camp? What was the experience like as you were trying to pursue the NFL? So I didn't I didn't get to go to camp. Um, you know, I didn't get to go to camp. And just looking back on it, I think I would have really pursued culture right away, maybe trying to be a, a GA um, initially, so that way I could be farther along the coaching pole. But, you know, that's just part of growing up and, and, and having a plan for yourself beyond football, man. Because one day football is going to be over, um, whether you go to the league or not. You still got the rest of your life to live. So, you know, having that plan beyond football is huge. Well, it's so interesting, too, man, because y'all are born and bred to be football players, and you're football players for such a long portion of your life. So then to no longer be a football player, I've had this conversation, too. It feels like somewhat of an identity crisis, right? Exactly, man. You you used to be in, um, you know, the attention on you. Um, for some people, they used to be in that, that guy. And then all of a sudden it stops, you know, but the game continues to move on without you. And um, you got to learn how to adjust and you got to learn that, um, for lack of a better word, that you're more than just a football player. You know, there's more to, to kite than just football. And that's what I had to, um, that's the biggest thing I had to learn when I first, you know, finished playing football. Well, there are so many of your former teammates now coaching. Bo Wallace is out there. Vince Sanders is out there. What are your personal coaching aspirations? Well, my personal, I, I want to get into college. Um, um, and, you know, I, I'm building. I'm working my way up through the high school ranks. Because uh, this is what my, I want to say, my fifth year coaching. Um, and I'm I'm the D.C. So the next goal is to be um, a head high school coach. And I plan on doing well at that. And then, um, you know, from there, possibly trying to get into the college realms. Um, I also just started online school at Georgia Southern um, for sports management. You know, so the ultimate goal beyond coaching is just being that college athletic director. Hey, Shea Hodge, he's making bank as a high school coach now. I'm just saying. I mean, and, and in Georgia, man, they they pay they'll, they'll pay the coaches pretty good, man. There you if, go. If you're winning ball games, so my my goal is to you know really put my my stamp, put my foot down in this in this coaching realm. I love it. Um, but I really just, you know, love helping these, these kids, man. Um, you know, one thing I know that they don't necessarily – so when I grew up, you know, I would have my, my dad and my mom, um, you know, to talk to, to run things over with. Um, some of these kids don't have that, man. So us as a coach, we step in 
as that as that father figure, man. They they really need it. So, you know, to see them succeed, and uh, I just had one linebacker. He got like um, seven or eight offers in the spring, and you know, just to see how happy he was, man. You know, it, it really lets you know you, you're doing the right thing. You're doing right by these kids. So, if one of your kids gets an Ole Miss offer, are you biased, or do you have to try to play it straight? I'm biased as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see him in that red and blue. I'm fine. So, you know, it, 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 a lot of the kids, I just tell them about my experiences. And, and um, you know, they, they say, Coach, I want to see what Ole Miss is about. So, um, I'm biased. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not. <laughs> when was the last time you were up here at Ole Miss? I came. It's been a while now. Um just because of coaching, man, it's hard to to get here because I'm about five hours away. Um, it's Ole Miss play Mississippi State in the A Bowl. What year was that? I just remember Jalen Walton ran like a 90 yard touchdown mm. that year. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. That was for a game, and then maybe two or three years ago, I came up there for graduation. Well, when are you getting back, man? I'm gonna try. I, I, I planned on coming this year. Um, when they played Florida, because you know my older brother, he went to Florida, so that's like a big, mm. a big thing for us. So, um, you know, with COVID, you know, I got to reach out and kind of see how they're going to do that. Um, but you know, I had planned on coming this year. I told you before we recorded, I can't tell you the number of former teammates of yours I've had on this show that when I asked them about the best linebackers they played with, you're among those mentioned. Forty, probably the founder of the Joel Kite fan club. What led <laughs> what led to your immediate and prolonged success at Ole Miss, do you think? Because there was a lot made of your size when you signed in 2009, and I swear to God, it was as if you were always asked just about that and not the production that you were putting out there on film. Yeah, well, man, shout out to 40, man. That's, that's my guy. <laughs> um, that's my man right there. He has a lot of good time. You know, the biggest thing is, is I, I use that side because, um, you know, I had that, you know, that argument from high school to all the way to Ole Miss. Um, you know, I kind of used that as my driving force. Um, and I understood that if I wasn't producing, I wouldn't be out there. Because um, if I was producing the same as somebody else, but they're 6'2", 240, um, you know, that I probably wouldn't be on the field. So I know I had to play a little bit harder. I had to study a little bit more, um, and I had to produce a little bit more. So I just naturally understood that. Um, and I just, you know, I kind of knew that kind of went with the game. And, you know, I think that, that helped me while I was there, definitely. What makes a good linebacker in your eyes? Man, the biggest thing um, to me is, of course, you got to be aggressive. Everyone talks about, you know, that hard-nosed linebacker who's aggressive and loves to tackle. Mm. Um but I think, man, you got to read your keys. I mean, it's so many. Those old linemen and those running backs, they give so many keys. They give you so many different things that they're going to do on each play. Um, so if you're reading your keys and um, you're paying attention to the details, man, I think that makes you a, a great linebacker. Don't get me wrong, you got to be aggressive. You got to love the top. I'm not saying that. Um, you, you definitely have to love those things. But the great they, I mean, they, they're reading their keys. They, they recognize the formations. Um, you know, they know what's coming before the play snap. And um, I think that will make great linebackers, you know, understanding those formations, 
and reading those keys um, pre-snap. Well, you were in such a unique spot at Ole Miss. You played from 2009 to 2012, so you were one of the few to be on a good Houston Nut team in the first freeze team that surpassed all expectations, reached the BBVA Compass Bowl. First off, what was different, do you think, about those Houston Nut teams in 2010 and 2011 from 2009? Because the bottom dropped out in 2010 and 2011. I think it's one of those things, man, where somebody can be in a place and sometimes you just need a new voice. Um, I don't think Houston Nut did anything wrong. Um, I just think when, when Hugh Freeze came in, it was just a different voice. So, like, my dad my dad could tell me something over and over and over. But then if um, a coach were to tell me the same thing, sometimes I just hear better from that coach versus my dad. And, um, you know, I think that was one of the things that happened between with Nut. It was hearing some of the, you know, his philosophy. We kind of got used to what he wanted. And then when Coach Freeze came in, it was it was a new voice. So, um, I think guys gravitated that um, when Freeze came in. There's no secret at all. Forty didn't like him. Johnny Brown, when he was on the show recently, admitted he wasn't a fan. What are your feelings towards Houston Nut now that you can look back? Man, I, I didn't have no ill will towards uh, Houston Nut, man. I think he was trying to he was trying to be a player's coach. Um, so I, I wouldn't have no ill will. Um, and to be honest, you know, as a defensive player, I I dealt more with. Uh, Coach Dix than mm. uh, Coach Duck. So, um, you know, so I don't have any ill will towards uh, Coach Nutt at all, man. I think he was just trying to be a player coach. And, um, you know, sometimes with that, it got it had the good and the bad that go along with it. For you guys now, it's got to be wild. Derek Nix has been here so long. He's now coaching wide receivers. That's got to be a trip for a lot of you guys. I know. It's Mr. Running Back. So, uh, <laughs> I know. So, you know, the receivers now, you know, it's a little odd, but um, I believe Kevin Smith, the running back coach, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. And uh, I know he, he definitely had his history of success at running back at uh, Central Florida. So, you know, I kind of see where where they were going with that. But, you know, it's, it's a trip to see Coach Nick at, at receivers, you know, so I'm interested to see how, how well he does there. Tyrone came back for a, a year, and that was interesting enough. It was like the band was coming back together. Matt, Luke, Tyrone, Nix, D. Nix, everybody was all together. That's obviously changed. Lane Kiffin is now the head coach. Has there been any communication? Like you said, you've got some recruitable guys at Lithonia. Has there been any um, contact with Ole Miss coaches in terms of trying to come after some of your kids? Well, I've I, I reached out. Um, when I first went back to MLK, they were kind of on the downswing. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2012. Um, and so that last year was my uh, third year there, and that was the first time we got back in the playoffs since 2012. So um, the D1 recruit kind of kind of was down, um, but I have reached out to all my connects. I reached out to Coach Nicks. Um, I reached out to the Coach Luke. You know, just you know, um, sending my guys highlight tapes and you know just having them take a look and they had any questions on them. Um, you know, I wanted to speak with them about them. Um, you know, so I was definitely trying to do my part. But we're we're building this program back up, and I know it's gonna take a, you know, we're gonna take a minute. Um, so some of our guys are undersized, um, and, and you know, I realize that especially playing D one, so I push them anyway. So I got a, I got a linebacker who had uh the hundred plus tackles last year. Um, you know, but I think he may be more of a, a FCS guy. A peek behind the curtain here. I've actually thought about this because in the age of COVID. 
man, we're just all in the media trying to find some stuff that's interesting. That's why I wanted to talk to you. But I've thought about jumping in my truck, driving around to all you guys that are coaching in different spots and just hanging out at practice and writing. So, hey, you might be seeing Ben Garrett show up at an MLK practice. I'm just letting you know. And I'm going to stand right beside you and watch how you coach. Hey, come on out. You know, I, so I guarantee you're going to have a good time. We, I'll be on. We gotta, I got to be on, right? Uh, just, you know, discipline and, and doing the things the right way. So i definitely be on them. Um, you know, one thing I did take for Ole Miss is not the low. So anytime I catch somebody low, the whole defense gets it. So, um, I mean, it, it's fun, man. So I'd love for you to come out and check us out one day. I, I'm going to have to do it. Because here's one thing for all those kids that might be listening to their coach on Ben Garrett's show right now. You need to understand something. I covered this dude. There was never any loafing with Joel Kite. Ever. <laughs> It was 100% crazy motor all the time. That's how he got through it. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you something. You mentioned the change in voice from Houston Nutt to Hugh Freeze when Hugh Freeze came in in 2012. 7-6, and six, the Compass Bowl, those are great accomplishments considering where y'all were. But was it more than that? Was there a change in culture of some kind? What else did Hugh Freeze bring that allowed y'all to have that turning point? Well, the time in culture, um, it, it was. I mean, Hugh Freeze, he, he was honest, man. Sometimes you're just you get used to certain ways and you get into certain habits. And when Hugh Freeze came in, he wasn't having that. Right, he was gonna do it the right way. Um, he had his scheme, which was, I mean, a, a wonderful scheme on offense. Um, Coach Walmart, wonderful scheme on defense. And so, um, you know, they didn't change. They didn't. They weren't afraid to change their scheme um, to work what was best against the opponent we were playing. So game planning was wonderful. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, man. Just, you know, we get stuck in our ways, and he came in there, and he was like, no, nah, he's going to do it this way because it's the right way. Um, so I, it definitely would have changed the culture. And the biggest thing that always sticks out to me, um, I think we were playing Mississippi State that year, and um, I wasn't even in the locker room. I was on the field uh, as a captain, but they always show this clip of him saying, um, you know, that they're playing for the hatred of us, and we're playing for the love of one another. And, and you know that was that just embodied what he wanted. He wanted that family. He wanted us to play hard for each other. It didn't matter about the other team. It mattered about us. And I think that culture really was started to shift. You know when we start building back um, that old Miss pride. I mean that's great, kite. But when he came to Mississippi State, y'all were playing for hate with them too. I mean, of course we don't like them at all. <laughs> at all. So, I mean, you know, but I, I remember that. that. That always stuck out there, man. That was that was really, really dope. You know, now, of course, we're trying to beat them either way, regardless. Trying to beat them by as many points and um, trying to beat them down, you know. So, we, we yeah. understood the ramifications. But, um, you know, the just, that was just an example of just he was all about us playing for one another. What was that like? get to seven wins, to get to that bowl, especially after the previous two years when the bottom fell out, like I mentioned. Y'all shocked a lot of people showing that Ole Miss, while everyone else thought it was a long ways away, y'all didn't feel that at all. Man, it was huge, man. Like I said, the bottom fell out. We were going home in December and not coming back. So it was almost February for those two years, man. No bowls. Um, You know, we're at home. At home watching bowl games, man. So for for me personally, it, it was huge just being a senior, get to play another game. Uh, you didn't really know what was going to happen after that. So um, 
it was it was huge. And to get that win against Mississippi State, to get both of against Mississippi State made it that much sweeter. Um, so it, it it was huge, man. Just the morale of the guys. We get to play in one more game, a bowl game at that. You know, I didn't care what the bowl was. As long as I didn't have to go home, I could play that one more game. It meant everything to me. Well, last thing here, because all these young bucks, they don't quite remember or know how good you were at Ole Miss. So when they say, all right, coach, point to one play or one moment that really perfectly encapsulates who you were as a player at Ole Miss, what do you always point to? What's your favorite Ole Miss memory? Oof, oof. That's a that's a tough question, man. Um, hey, that's what I'm here for. That's a tough question, man. You know what? One play that sticks out to me. Um, we were playing LSU, and um, I made a I made a few plays, man. It was a, a swing pass to uh, where. That's what I was going man, for. That, that between that play and then I think it was maybe the next drive or two drive later, and uh, me and Denzel ripped that ball out from um, Jarvis Landry. You know, I always tell my kids about that play as well in, in the end zone. It was on third down, goal line, and we ripped that ball out when they tried to throw it in the middle on us. Um, those two plays really stuck out to me just because of the, you know, it was LSU. Um, it, was, it was my senior year. Um, you know, it just kind of personified who I want to be as a player, somebody who will, who will run to the ball, tap at you, and, and celebrate and have fun, man. So I think that play really embodied um, – the way I play football and, and the way I want my kids to play football on defense. That team for LSU, y'all lost 41-35, to 35, but that team for LSU, oh, my God, Jeremy Hill, Jarvis Landry, Spencer Ware, I think ODB was on that team, Zach Mettenberger. Yeah. That was like an all-star yep. team, and y'all played them to the wire and then beat them next year. Yeah. I know you weren't there, but yeah. Yeah, we should have beat them that year, man, if it wasn't for yeah. the uh, – that punt return, Odell Beckham, man, he got all of us. He got a lot of people like that, so I'm not going to hold it against yeah. Ole Miss. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was that kind of guy. <laughs> Joel Kite, former Ole Miss linebacker, currently the defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, back home in Lithonia, Georgia, for Martin Luther King Jr. High School. Thank you for doing this, man. It was good catching up, and we'll talk again. All right, man. Appreciate you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. 
Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.